Luck on Sunday, proudly sponsored by our Bastiat Cruel Dubai. Welcome back. You're watching Luck on Sunday. I'm really pleased to welcome back to the show a man who is assembling his strongest team ever for the Cheltenham Festival and struck yet again on a Saturday afternoon with a very exciting young horse called My Drogo. He is, of course, Dan Skelton. Dan, good morning. Morning, Nick. Um, you must have been very pleased yesterday. Let's start with, with the most recent success for the, for the stable. Uh, My Drogo looked like a horse firmly on the up. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's just a fantastic, progressive young horse. He only debuted in October in a bumper um, at Cheltenham. He went off 50 to 1, which we didn't really feel um, advertised what we felt of him at the time. But this is asking the relevance. That was, that was a bumper. But since then, he's gone to be unbeaten over hurdles. I thought yesterday was a very accomplished performance. And he gave away a Class 1 penalty. So, you know, to win these graded races is, is a... You know, it's a hard job to do, but to win them under a graded penalty um, is quite authoritative. And uh, he's going the right way. We've we've minded him. We've you know mentally we've we've kept him away from the sort of like potential not downfalls that that we could face, but the you know we, we we've made sure that we've treated him like a, a, a sort of a, a slightly fragile young horse. If you notice at four out yesterday, he he took a bit of a took a bit of a flyer at the hurdle 10 strides after being bumped um, and that's what he's like a little um, you have to be a little cautious with him and, and, and treat him quite gently because he will he will come alive for you um, you know once you've once you've lit the once you've lit the fuse you can't put put petrol on it with it uh, put uh, water on it if you know what I mean you've got to be really careful not to get him over over excited what was the thinking behind taking him to, to Kelso yesterday and, and, and maybe not going to, to the big festivals? Well, I think it, well, the intention is to go, to go to Aintree. And I've been really impressed with him as the season's progressed, how physically he's actually developed. He's not wilted. He's actually blossomed. And we don't weigh our horses because I sometimes find that with jumps horse, it can be a little misleading. But if we were to weigh them, I'd say he's a better physical horse now than he was in the autumn, which is great because... A lot of horses, as the season sort of goes on, they drop condition, and you know it's it's a hard job to post Christmas time keep them in their best shape. So I've been really impressed with how he's done that. Um, but really, the the main reason for missing Cheltenham is, you know, if you're running a race like the Supreme, where there's a lot going on, going down to two out, and a lot of jostling for position, I just feel like he would be capable of doing what he did for out yesterday sort of what, half taking his mind off off what's going on around him because of a bit of bumping and, and pushing around. And we just didn't want to put him in that. We didn't want to put him in, at, at risk, basically. We wanted to protect him and, and shield him from that. And, I, I, you know, I think the results are showing that, you know, we're doing the right thing at the moment. And um, you know, next year as a chaser, that's, that's really uh, top of the agenda. And this has been a, a fantastic season for you with, with so many really talented horses coming through, lots of youngsters coming through that you could you could get excited about are you doing a lot differently are you a better trainer now than you were last year or the year before do you think well yes it, yes i mean everybody evolves and it doesn't matter if you're a trainer you're a jockey a presenter whoever it is you, you you learn you learn from experience you learn from what went right from what went wrong and i think confidence as well that you know you get good horses and and good results around you, you know, that, that confidence then 
you know leads to more of the more of the correct decisions and and you know that your staff believing in in the system and the the decisions that you're making so yeah i'm definitely a different probably better trainer but then so are all the competition you know everything's evolving people are always getting better and sort of finding new ways to do things and you know i think when you've got really good horses around you you have to really wake up and and recognize that and i i think i spoke to you at the start of the season and said that we we felt that this was the right time to to concentrate a little bit more down the uh quality rather than quantity route um and i'm just delighted that it, it's it's paid off you know that there's you can say all you want but actions speak louder than words and we're just delighted that the actions have, have backed up those words back in the autumn and how about your own sort of temperament for the job are, are you are you better equipped for it now do you do you find the pressures of the of the sport easier to cope with i think uh yes i do i think that's for a number of different reasons though um you know with with success comes expectation which has to be managed personally as well as socially um and then of course the, the 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 actual stresses of of the job of being around horses of things not going right of you know uh, of races being lost when they might have been won and you know things like you know this week we had two fallers that perhaps would have won um and it didn't and you you, you know you as you get more experienced and older you learn how to deal with things like that that's just an example. I think, um, well, you know, the support of family and friends, and and you know, the owners who understand uh, what what the game is all about and how sort of stressful it is. I, I think yes, I'm definitely better equipped to do it now. And you know, I, I wish there was a almost a, a guidance book when I started and says this is you know this is what you're going to face. This is these are the problems you're going to have and. You know, here's a little bit of help of how to deal with it. There wasn't that book. You know, I was lucky. I had Paul Nichols's number. I could ring him if I ever thought, "What do I do here?" And you know, I've got my dad and my wife and my brother to call on. And but you know, it's it's a you ask a very you ask a very sort of poignant question there because it's something that I feel um, is hard. It is hard to manage, and there are times when I think with every sportsman or woman or businessman or woman or any anybody in the world where things can feel like they're too much or you're not living up to expectations and you know your mind your mind can play tricks on you and um it's you know it, it is a difficult it is a difficult job to do when things are going well let alone when things aren't so i think hopefully with a bit of maturity i've got better at it but i think there's always room for improvement in that area um and i certainly do my best to conduct myself the best but at times wish i could have done better uh, it's interesting what you say. I mean, is it fair to say that your your expectation bar was something that you set very high for yourself? I mean, a, a lot of people expect you to do well because you were well known. You had a profile from from Pauls, and obviously you had a profile because of uh, of the success that your family had had as well. But you seem to put a lot of a, a lot of pressure on yourself. Yeah, I I did, and I do, and I will continue to do so because. I feel that, you know, you have to be as, as, you know, leading the team that I do, you have to have a winning mentality. You have to, you have to exude that comp- confidence. You have to, you know, you have to exude that feeling of, 
of being a winner and 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 wanting to win and that being the objective um you know there's lots of little different pieces along the way that can't be ignored and can't be forgotten and have to be you know have to be taken into consideration but i set the bar very very high for myself and sometimes i fall short of that and i disappoint myself um sometimes i fall short of that and i've let somebody else down but i think it's okay to say that the bar is so high because everybody wants you know whether you're an owner a, a breeder a, a jockey a, a member of staff at the yard you know you really want to know that everybody is trying their their best and that, that you know that the leadership is 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 attaining trying to attain at least the, the highest level so you know it's it's a it's a bar that i put there and you know i've never lowered it um and ultimately you know if you say well what's the ambition you know i've never made any secret that i'd love to be champion trainer one day and that bar will stay up there for as long as as long as it can be i will always try to attain that i may not achieve it um but you know that's where it is and and i'm I, i'm happy to say that um it may sound arrogant to some people but you know it's it's almost like a little bit of a a, a focus point in the distance where you can you know that's a never that's a, a you know a, a constant never moving object in the in the distance that we are trying to get towards step by step that is where we're trying to get towards in terms of readying your team for the next for the next 9 days how much of the how much of the work is now done how much more can you do to to enhance your chances of of competing with the Mullinses and the Nicholses and the Hendersons next week? Well, I think the vast majority has been done and now it's just the finishing touches. You know, there's a little bit more schooling to do, maybe one more piece of work, um, you know, just just keeping them healthy and they're fit now. You know, you're not going to improve any fitness at this point. Um, some horses, All Mankind would be a good example of a horse who you have to keep really busy up to the 11th hour. You have to do lots and lots and lots with him. Roxana would be the complete opposite. You have to just try and keep her fresh up to the last moment. Um, so you've got to, you know, sort of work with your horses. And um, you've got to remember, I feel at this point, a horse can only be 100% fit. There's no such thing as 101 or 102. You know, a horse can only be 100% fit. Trying to find that extra 2% fitness, um, you're going to start going over the top. And um, you're going you're to get a negative reaction from your horses for doing that. So, you know, I think one thing that experience does do for you is it, it just tempers you a little on, on the eve of these big festivals and these big days and, you know, the, the big targets of the year. The experience does tell you, OK, it's another day. It's another race. This horse doesn't know that it's Cheltenham or Aintree or the Grand National or whatever. This horse just thinks it's going to run again. So, you know, you mustn't um, you mustn't take it out of that comfort zone that you've you know that it can perform well in and has been performing well in all seasons. So you've just got to basically hold your nerve and, and, and just know that your horses are well, trust in them, trust in your staff, and um, hopefully, touch wood, they all get there um, in nine days' time. Now, Dan, I, I walked you into, into trouble earlier on in the, in the season without realising it when you and I were chatting on my, on my daily podcast and we were talking about some of the horses out of the Dublin Racing Festival. And... Uh, and you inadvertently used the word freebie, and you probably wished you'd never spoken to me that week because you were, you were then on the receiving end of a whole barrage of uh, of abuse on on social media. But it's probably worth just uh, 
worth drawing a line under that by by sort of clarifying what you meant in terms of preparation of horses going for the for the meeting from from Ireland and from and from the UK. Yeah, it doesn't matter which country you're in. It's it, what I what I was trying to get to, and I just I felt it wasn't sort of in print. It didn't sound like it, it certainly didn't feel like it sounded when it came out of my of my mouth. But um, I was just getting to the point that really any horse in any country, any jurisdiction, if it doesn't have a physically hard race in the build-up to its biggest day, it is at an advantage because effectively you're going to the biggest day with a with the fullest tank of fuel you could have. So I was making an example of, of Willie's horses, you know, under your lead, you know, your leading question about that was <laughs> Willie's, Willie's horses in particular. I was just saying that by virtue of them being so good, uh, they were hard to beat anyway. They were then becoming double hard to beat because, you know, they were getting non-hard physical races. They were still beating grade one horses, and and it was they were incredible performances. And those like it, it was just jaw dropping. It was you know as a competitor, it's frightening, and 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 you think, well, how are we going to beat these? You know, they, they've they're brilliant anyway. They're not having a physically hard race in the build up to it, so they're they're even harder to beat. That the sort of I could liken it to Usain Bolt in the semi-final of, of 100 metres in the Olympics. He's winning easy. The ones behind him are all having a hard race to qualify for the final. When they reach the final, Usain Bolt still only had an easy race in the semis. They've all had a hard race. Not only was he impossible to beat, but he's had a breeze through of the, uh, in the semis, and he's even harder to beat now because he's fresh. So that was all I was getting at. And it doesn't yeah. matter if it's my horse or Willie's horse or... Paul's horse or Nikki's horse doesn't matter whose it is. If you have a seamless build-up and a and, and, and a and a race where there is so little, well, not so little, but where a race where as little as possible is taken out of out of the legs in in preparation for the big day, it makes them harder to beat, and that is a fact. What I I love about talking to the the very best trainers and the trainers who who have a lot of success is their absolute belief in their horse's ability to perform on a given day, even if the odds suggest it's unlikely. I, I spoke to Nicky Henderson at some length just by the paddock yesterday. By the time I'd finished talking to him, I was completely convinced that Altior was going to win the Queen Mother Champion Chase. Your old boss, Paul Nichols, by the time I'd spoken to him, I was convinced he was going to have about five or six winners. It's the, are you, given that you're a sort of generation younger than, than them and a generation and a half, um, you know, junior to, to, to somebody like Nicky Henderson, for example, do, do you look at them and, and feel quite amazed by the enthusiasm and the relish they still have for this, even though they've been doing it for decades? Well, they've, you know, they're just, they're brilliant. They're, they're masters at their, at their trade and, and they're, they're leaders. You know, they are leaders of their team and i've spoken to a lot of different people about that attitude that you you pointed out and it's you know you if you're a believer it can happen you know it doesn't matter what you are if you if you're a believer you have got more chance of it happening than if you're a non-believer it's tiny tiny margins if you believe it can happen then what percentage is that worth to a person that doesn't believe it can happen and you've got to get people rallied around you. And, you know, it, it, it's, I feel like a lot of the time it's a tactic, um, but also a lot of the time it is plain belief. 
that you believe these horses might win these races or can win these races. And it doesn't matter. Like I spoke to my dad about it. He, he, he rode a horse in the Beijing Olympics called um, Russell. Russell was a good jumper. Yeah, he, he wasn't in Big Stars or Arco's League, but he was a good jumper. And you know, dad had had a good warm-up round on him. And, and the first round, I think, of the uh, the first round of the individual had gone quite well and the, the team had gone quite well. And he, he rang me up and he, he said, you know what, There's just a, I think there's an outside chance we get a medal with the team, you know. And I was thinking, no, there isn't, but I love your belief. And, you know, it happens a lot. that Those jockeys, they leave the paddock on a 33 to one shot by the time they get down to the start they've got to start believing that it's it's possible because you know they've got to go out there and do their best and um you know i've got a lot of respect for it and sometimes you know you i think socially social media and 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 that you know they'll pick up on on this this positivity and pick holes in this positivity um you know with with almost reality reinforced by price or by um by form but that's not what trainers mean when they give positive updates and think their horses can win. You know, we're not, we're not sort of, we're not price sensitive or, or form sensitive at that point. We've got to believe in our horses going to go into these races. So, you know, I, I fully embrace it. I fully, you know, I, I'm a believer myself. Of course I am. I've got to be. Um, and it, it's, I think it's good for the team. I think it's really good for the team. And, and a lot of banter comes off the back of it as well. Like, you know, people, people know that me and Paul get on really well and, you know, he'll tell me he's going to win and I'll say, well, I'm, I'm glad you're in it because we needed a lead for the race and, you know, that type of thing. So it, it, it adds an interesting angle to it that everyone thinks that they can win. And, and the, it, that is completely um, embodied by the story of uh, Newby Negra because not only is he the horse that your, your dad picked up from, from Spain in the unlikeliest of circumstances, you believe in this horse so much you've even gone and bought the sire. It's like Remington. I liked it so much I bought the company. <laughs> yeah well um yeah well we just yeah we, it's, a, it's a totally new venture um gracie uh, my wife and uh, nick pierce they're in charge of that i'm i'm very much still a trainer um but it's an interesting angle and and what with this year's travel problems to to the continent and and others we we thought that um we thought he'd be a little asset to our, at least our brood mares and and a few of our owner breeders and we believe in him as a sire and you can see yeah, you can see the quality that Nubanegra has. His size, his scope, he's fast, um, he's brave. You know, we like everything about him, and um, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm just really looking forward to the champion chase with him for so many reasons now. And Gracie had a great interest in what we do anyway, because she's in, she's in, you know, intrinsically involved in the, the racing business anyway. But I can tell you now, her, her interest has trebled <laughs> since he's arrived. So we're going to be able to hear Grace screaming when Newbie Negra wins the champion chase from your base in Warwickshire? I says no doubt. <laughs> uh, is he going to? I think he's a great chance, yeah. There you go, bit of belief for you. <laughs> is he your best, Jard? I think if the ground if, if the ground was good to soft on Wednesday, I'd say yes, he, he, he nearly is our best chance. I, I, I've got a lot of... I've analysed the race in a lot of different ways, not not by competition, but just by the way that the race is run, uh, how a champion chase is run. And I just feel that he's got that speed. If the ground is is really, really, you know, is, is decent and it's, it, it allows him to travel with ease and he, he's not having to use up any fuel on the way around. He gets a good round of jumping. You know, he could turn into two out 
with a relatively full tank of fuel. And by that point, you know, it, it, it really is game on. It's a champion chase. You know, you've got to go and jump well, and things have got to go well for you. You know, Azertia dropped his back legs in a in a, a water jump there once, and his chance was gone. And that's the margins. You know, one another two inches, and he'd have jumped that jump, and he, his chance would have yeah. still been there. Um, but those are the fine margins of, of, of a race like, a, you know, any championship race, to be honest with you. So, you know, if it goes according to plan on the way around, I think he's got an outstanding chance because he's the young horse. He's a progressive horse. I don't have any fears about Cheltenham for him. He's, you know, I feel he stamped superiority um, over over Altior at, at Kempton. And um, I know Cheltenham's a different track, but I, I feel that, that that's that's... That's what it is going into it, um, and, and he, he, he looks he looks as best uh, as good as I can have him. I couldn't I couldn't have him any better. I know I need to let you go, but um, I felt a bit down in the dumps about the Cheltenham Festival at the beginning of this show. I feel quite excited about it now after after talking to you. One thing you're never going to lack, even if the sports in the mire or in the wires as it is at the moment, is uh, is your belief in 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 this as a, a worthwhile way of, of of passing your time and and, and playing out your career. Definitely, and, and you know, it's uh, I'm, I'm just involved. I'm involved up to my neck in it. It's it's been my life. Uh, horses have been my life before racing was. So um, yeah, I mean, it, it's I, I feel very privileged to get up in the morning and, and and go to work. It doesn't feel like work. You know, it, that's that's the best that's the best endorsement I can give it. And um, I want to be able to do it forever. You know, that I'm not I'm not in this for a, for a, for a few trophies and get out. I'm not. You know, I, I've got a, a team of nearly 50 staff. Um, you know, I recognise my responsibility to, uh, you know, to sort of do that. You know, and 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 sort of be able to pay their wages and everything else. And it, you know, I, I think we all we all embrace we all embrace the sport. And yeah, it's going through a troubled time, but um, lots of sports do. Yeah, simple as that. Lots of sports do. And and I think um, you know. We, we've worked out where there's, you know, where we need to be, where we need to be really strong. And, um, you know, I, I just hope this week is put firmly behind us now. The, the authorities have had their say uh, and, and we can move on with what's the most exciting four days of, of the jump season. And, um, you know, time's a healer, perhaps. I don't know. Luck on Sunday. Proudly sponsored by Albastiet Cruel Dubai.